And I think the Lord in his mercy, you know, he'll, he'll send you those moments. If you have the eyes to see, you know, in the ears to yeah. hear, he'll send you those people and send you those moments that give you strength mm -hmm. for the journey. And that kind of gets you through the day, you know, and yeah. cause you know, you know who you're doing it for. Mm -hmm. um, but you know, the, I mean, you can do it for the bride of Christ, for the church, but you know what? The bride wakes up with morning mm -hmm. breath. You know what I mean? The bride's got, you know, sheet marks and, you know, and like you know, eye crusties and, you know, it's, yeah. the bride doesn't always look, doesn't always look beautiful. Cause the church is, is divine. Yes. But she's also human and, and mm -hmm. it can be tricky to love people, especially in the church, uh, really tricky mm -hmm. to love people sometimes. So um, I think with the Lord, more than giving me like that one moment, just gives me reminders, you know, yeah. just reminders, you know what I mean? Just to, yeah. uh, just that, that, you know, he's, he's made sinners, he's made saints out of far worse sinners than me. Um, mm -hmm. but he's made saints out of sinners like me, you know, and, yeah. and that's just, that's yeah. the, that's the challenge every day, right? I'm going to wake up and I'm it gonna is. try to love better than I did yesterday. Hey friends, and welcome to Beyond Damascus, the show where encounter meets mission. My name is Brad Piron, and I'll be your host for today's special episode. We have an interview uh, set up with a new friend of mine, and before I introduce him by name, he is the Executive Vice President of Life Teen International. You may have uh, heard of him referred to as the Bible Geek, which hopefully we uh, look into a little bit during this interview, but I'm joined by, uh, like I said, a new friend of mine. His name's Mark Hart. Mark, welcome to uh, the podcast. Hey, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Hey, you know it. You know it. Well, um, I think, uh, Mark, I was reading up on uh, your life and it started as a youth minister, which is uh, fun. You and I both kind of have that in common, that youth ministry uh, drew us into the ministry world. Uh, you want to speak a little bit to uh, your life and your yes to the Lord, maybe when you first said yes, how you realized mission was going to be a, a part of your journey? <laughs> Oh boy. You got an hour, two hours. Uh, <laughs> I think we got yeah, 30 yeah. minutes, but we can yeah. see what we can do. You know, it's funny. Uh, you know, um, never say yes to the Lord. Uh, cause what <laughs> you do, you just can't control what's going to happen next. No. Um, yeah, I really didn't. I didn't want to go in youth ministry. I really didn't. Um, hmm. I had a, uh, I had a youth minister start this program called life teen at my parish when I was a, a junior in high school. And at mm -hmm. the time when he started it, uh, I was being forced to go through confirmation. I was being forced to get my sacraments. My mom, yeah. Um, yeah, uh, she tried to, tra to take away my truck, so I went. I went through confirmation, <laughs> and, um, but I was just in a time of my life. I just, I just wasn't. I didn't. I didn't know if I believed in God. I didn't. Mm -hmm. I didn't mm -hmm. think I wanted to become be stay Catholic or anything, you know. And uh, the Lord just He started this program. He sent this youth minister and this priest into my life, and just just people to speak truth into my life at a time that I really desperately needed it. So they really had a profound impact. But I went away to school. And uh, as I was in college, I, you know, I, all of a sudden I was exposed to, you know, all the, the finest, you know, finest professors, mm -hmm. finest minds, atheist minds, you know, Catholic minds, you know, the money could buy. And yeah. uh, I started asking a lot of questions, you know, I really kind of want to go on that mm -hmm. search, you know, and so I was reading mm -hmm. about other faiths, other denominations. I stayed Catholic, but I was just, I was, wasn't positive I wanted to be Catholic, but I certainly wasn't going to go into ministry. It was just not going to happen. Sure. Yeah. And I had, a, I had a job all lined up. I had like six months left in, in school, you know, before I graduated. And um, I get this random phone call from my old parish priest who was really instrumental in my conversion. And he said, hey, I want you to pray about something, which is so manipulative. You know, when priests say, I want you to pray about something, you know. You know <laughs> yeah, I want you to pray on know. something. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, but uh, so I did. I went down to this place on campus called the Grotto uh, and I prayed. Mm. And um, and it was I'll never forget. It was all these candles. There's a statue of a lady. It's, it's, it's a it's a um, it's a, a reinterpretation of Our Lady of Lords, you know, the, the Grotto. there. Yeah, sure. And I was praying, um, asking our ladies to pray. And uh I just really felt in my heart, I was supposed to say yes to this. And I, I mean, I did not, mm. I was not prepared for youth ministry. That was not my degree. I was not going to do it. Um, 
And I called a priest back and I said, you know, I don't, I don't have my theology degree. You know, that's not what I've been studying. And he said, mm-hmm. he says that burned a hole in my soul. He said, Mark, I can teach someone who loves teenagers theology, but I can't teach a theologian to love teenagers. Huh. And it really burned like a hole in my heart. And I, mm-hmm. and I, I just had confirmation of the spirit. Said, I know I'm supposed to do this. And I, so I, told, I hung up. I, t- I called, I told the Lord, I said, I'll give you one year, Lord. I'll give you one year. I'll be a missionary for yeah. one year. Uh, now I'm in my 20th year of youth ministry. <laughs> so, I'll take you, I'll take your you one know? year and up you 19. <laughs> I mean, it's just a loaves and fish thing. I don't know how the work, math works with <laughs> sure. God. I don't like to read the book of numbers. I'm not a math person, <laughs> but um, no, but it was, it was, uh, yeah, it, it's, it's just, a, it's a very unique, you know, and you've known your youth ministry. Like it, it's a very unique yeah. um, calling, you know, not everybody mm-hmm. uh, wants to work with teenagers. They're, 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 yeah. they're unpredictable and they're really kind of crazy. Mm-hmm. And, um, and that they'll break your heart, but they'll also make your whole soul sing, you know, like it's, it's yeah. hard work with a young church, but, um, but I believe that God really creates certain men and women, you know, with that sort of mm. charism, that passion, because our young people need people to walk with them and to walk beside them, you know, and definitely, I think, uh, I, that's why, you know, John Paul II, you know, God love him. He's my favorite. Um, mm. you know, when, he, when he used to talk about youth ministry, he often talked about the road to Emmaus story from Luke 24 and how we need to draw near to people and walk beside mm. them, especially our young people. And I think that's, that's just, yeah. a, it's a very, uh, that's a very necessary ministry that often gets sadly overlooked in our church. It is. Yeah. Well, and it's interesting that you were mentioning some of your time in college as well, because my encounter with uh, Jesus, I was cradle Catholic. So obviously encountered him through the sacraments many times. But when I really uh, realized that that relationship that Jesus wanted to have with me was one that was available daily, one that he wanted to to grow me in was in college. And that mm-hmm. response, um, similar to the response you had to the priest asking you to pray about something like a uh, the response I had was just to begin reconsidering my life and what God wanted for it. And, and he led me um, to a ministry here in Ohio called Damascus, where, where we are young adults that are serving the youth of the church. And I think um, one of the passions on my heart as I've, you know, served here for going on my uh, eighth year is a, um, a realization that the youth aren't just the future of the, our church, but they're the vitality of our church now. Mm-hmm. That there's yep. something about the youth that like when you go to a, a parish and you see young people active in the pews, when you see young people uh, participating, there, there's something about um, every person that is drawn deeper into something when they see young people engaged. So I, I, I completely agree with you. There's something about it that's a that's a unique call and also something about it. That's a really uh, joyful call. And can you speak a little bit more for anyone listening uh, about uh, life team? Like how'd you, how'd you end up? I, I think uh, if I remember reading right, maybe your parish started like, I, I don't, I don't actually remember yeah. the transition from the parish to life team. No. So yeah. So our, so our parish was one of the first ones to, to adopt this, this new program. Yeah. Really, it's more of a program. It's more like a, more of sort of a vision of youth ministry. It was that idea of mm-hmm. let's get Let's get kids out of the classrooms and out of that CCD model. And let's actually make it interactive. Let's give them like sure. encounters of Jesus, you know, in this Eucharist. Mm-hmm. Um, so life team is, is Mary in the Eucharistic. That's the way you always kind of describe it. You know, it's that it's that there's a famous vision yeah. that John Bosco had, you know, of, of hmm. Mary in the Eucharist, you know, when, yeah. when the, yeah. the ship of the church is being assailed. So uh, about me, I don't know, two and a half years into parish life, I got mm-hmm. a phone call and um, Life Teen had built a video production studio uh, in Arizona where I, where I happen to live. And they had found, they, I'd gotten to know some of the leaders at the time. They knew that my background sure. was, in, was in television, film and video. And that was always mm-hmm. kind of where my, my passion was. Um, and you know, and I thought when I said yes to ministry, I was going to have to say no to all that stuff. 
and mm. craziest things. They called and said, Hey, we, we finished a studio. We need somebody to come run it. Would you want to come interview? So my first position, I've had, I've had like five or six titles now. In the five years. <laughs> uh, my first position was, was running our production studio. And then from there, just kind of grew into, uh, as I was, as I was continuing my theology and that kind of thing, it grew into other things. It grew into our, you know, the website and, you know, and then it grew into our, our catechetical resources and then it grew into events. And then it was, um, kind of overseeing a lot of different things, social media. So now, um, mm -hmm. I, I kind of get to put my hands into the, a lot of different things, you know, I get to work out. I mean, yeah. my, my job is very different from day to day, but, uh, mm -hmm. but it was funny is like over the years between life team, uh, people like Ascension press, you know, like that, like I've, I've actually gotten to do a lot of writing and a lot of video work and yeah. things that I was really yep. passionate in or trained in. Um, so it's been a wild roller coaster ride. You know, and life yeah. team, um, has, you know, as, as the movement's just grown and exploded over 38 years, it's really, uh, of, it continues to evolve. And yeah, so, so I get to, I get to do a lot of, I mean, I get to, I get to write, I get to teach, I get to speak, mm -hmm. I get to brainstorm, I get to be on the creative side of things, I get to do events, but I get to work with just phenomenal, phenomenal people, you know, and yeah. both, both staff. But yeah. That's amazing. That's you know, amazing. Yeah. Life team's amazing. Like what you guys do for the churches is so notable. And I, I, I love like, uh, the idea that the Lord doesn't ever want to take things from us. He wants to transform things about us. Mm -hmm. Like these passions that we've had in our lives, he wants to use those for his glory. Right. And, and I, I have a similar background. So in college, I worked for the big 10 network a little bit, did some broadcast journalism, did some writing for like the local paper, a, a local, uh, magazine, like things like that. And mm -hmm. I always, um, thought that law was going to be, uh, the way that I went. And I, I saw that you graduated from Notre Dame and I was thinking about law school at Notre Dame, actually, after I graduated from Ohio <laughs> state and, uh, mom's side of the family, all Ohio state fans, dad's side of the family, all Notre Dame fans. So I thought I'd be able to, <laughs> you know, do both. So I didn't have to uh, have a side of the family disown me and another one own me more. Love but, it. um, uh, there was a, uh, th there's something about those, um, passions that, that the Lord places in us. I, I love the book by, Ralph Martin, the fulfillment of all desire, right? That, oh, that yeah, Jesus, it, Jesus isn't the abdication of all, all desire. He's the fulfillment of it. And, um, mm -hmm. and I, I guess like on that, on that topic of desire, obviously having worked now for 20 years with young people, when you look at the, the state of the church today and the youth in the church today, um, what do, what do you see as, as the greatest desire that you're seeing in young people with the work that you guys are doing with life team? You know, I, I, I that's a great question. It's really, it's very insightful. I think a few things, um, one is, is, um, young people want to make a difference, you know, that mm -hmm. we, and this is not just post COVID and it's not just a social justice thing. It's like, they want to, they want to feel as though their lives matter, you know? And hmm. sadly, I think with the proliferation of social media, um, w even though people are more connected than ever, they're more disassociated than ever. Right. And, and everyone's mm -hmm. living this, I'm not going to say counterfeit life. Cause that's, that's a little too myopic, but, uh, but they're, but they're living, uh, they're living different lives. Right. Mm -hmm. And they want to mm -hmm. know that their authentic self, their soul, their heart matters. They want to know that their life matters, that the work of their hands matters, you know? Um, and, mm -hmm. and I think, I think too often we, we write off young people saying, you know, that all they care about is their screens and they just don't care. They're just completely selfish and self-absorbed when, while that might be the case for some, that's not, that has not been my experience. Um, mm -hmm. what it, what it has been is that they've been raised in a culture and in a way that speaks that speaks in a different way than maybe we were accustomed to, like my generation, mm -hmm. and that speaks "quote unquote" truths in a different way. So they're trying to sort through all the noise. They're trying to sort through all the voices and all the truths and figure out who who really has the truth. Mm -hmm. So they're actually a lot more cerebral than we give them credit for. But they yeah. process things differently, right? So mm -hmm. they might not process things as externally because because they've been mm -hmm. sort of conditioned to process things through a screen or take it in, triple it through a screen. So yeah. I think our young our young people. You know, we, we, God creates us with a desire for truth and God creates us with a desire for him. But that has not changed mm -hmm. it's the same yesterday, today and forever. But the way that we find him is different. And I think yeah. that's that's why 
ministry, youth ministry. That's why it's so important um, to go to go where they are and to enter into mm-hmm. a true relationship where, where they do lower the screen, they do make eye content that they can have a conversation. But I think young people, like like any generation before them, they just they desire truth and they desire to be loved. But yeah. the matter, but the question is, who is going to speak that truth to them? You know, yes. like because if if we are not translating the gospel into mm-hmm. modern 21st century speak, mm-hmm. if we are not willing to get in and get messy and walk with them at a camp, at, you know, mm-hmm. at, in the parish and go where other people are not willing to go spiritually, emotionally, you know, mentally, if we're not, if we're not willing to go there, they yeah. are going to be catechized just by the wrong voices. They're going to be catechized mm-hmm. by the world, you know, yeah. um, they're going to learn about gender. They're going to learn about sexuality. They're going to learn about all these other things mm-hmm. on mm-hmm. TikTok. If we if we aren't the ones like on the front lines having these conversations, and if we're not the ones inviting, encouraging, and and assisting parents to have those conversations, so I think yeah. it's it's you know you understand it's like we have to have people willing to stand in the gap and translate yep. the timeless message of Jesus and the timeless truth of Jesus in a way that a modern fifteen year old mind can understand, comprehend, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. and grab onto and walk with yeah. you know, and I think that really is the challenge. Uh, most people, sadly, I think uh, whether that's you know, teachers, parents, ministers, you know, pastors, or I think most people want, they want kind of like the seven minute abs solution. Like what's the mm-hmm. fastest yeah, easiest right, approach, right? right? Yeah. That can make all my kids saints without actually uh-huh. having to get in the mud pit and get dirty. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and that's show right. them the face mm-hmm. of Jesus, you know? And I think yeah. that's the tricky part. And, and as you know, anybody that ever worked in youth ministry knows there are no seven minute abs, you know, if you right. want kids right. to fall in love with the Lord, you want kids to have mm-hmm. reverence, you want kids to, to believe in the Eucharist, you have to walk with them and you have to, have yeah, them you have to walk with place. Them. Yep. And you have to walk them into encounter with Jesus. Right. And then walk Absolutely. with them from that encounter with Jesus. It, it's uh, it's funny. Cause as you were speaking there, there were, there were two um, verses that were coming to mind, both from the gospel of John, obviously the, the verse, um, that we all know from John, eight, that, that Jesus says that he's the way, the truth and the life. And I think there's a, um, there's just a reality in, in the world today that when we look at the younger generation, I think that the natural things we sometimes want to like label uh, them with is that they're lost, right? That they're lied to and that they're lifeless those three things are remedied by the way, the truth and the life, right? Mm -hmm. Like you're no longer lost when you know the way you're no longer lied to when you know the truth and you're no longer lifeless when you know the life. And, and I think that connecting point is so well taken from what you were saying, like who's going to be the connector between where we perceive them to be and where God desires them to be. Right. And that's, that's where the mission work comes in. And like you said, mission work entails work (laughs) and, uh, and we have to get into the, the every day with them. And then the other one that was coming to mind is, um, just from John one. And, uh, you and I probably both have an affinity for that verse, but just when Jesus asks that really difficult theological question in John one, what are you looking for? You know, Mm -hmm. um, like very simple, the same question that he's asking every day. And I, I see that, that same, um, that same answer that those apostles gave in the young people today, that, that answer that goes with just a question, which is where are you staying? I'm looking for something. I'm looking for meaning. I'm looking for purpose. And it seems like it could be found in you. And we just need to lead people to where Jesus is staying, you know, back to the church and back to the truth. Um, when, when you, uh, when you kind of like, uh, made that transition to life teen made your way through, um, did you always have a love for scripture or did that come? Because I've been, uh, tuning in some to your, uh, social media work and I've, looked at a, a number of your podcasts on the uh, Sunday, 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 where you give reflections on the readings. And I know that mm-hmm. scripture is something that you're fond of. It was a huge part of my conversion as well. Lexio Divina was a huge part after I encountered mm-hmm. Jesus to stay yoked. But what, what made you fall in love with scripture? 
You know, it's funny when I, <clears throat> when I first started reading scripture, like really, really reading it in earnest, not just, mm -hmm. not just like the daily readings, but like actually studying, sure. um, you know, it was, it was back like in the late nineties, you know, chat rooms were a rage and people would get in these <laughs> chat rooms and they would just, they would like, just, yeah. just try to obliterate the Catholic church. They were just, I mean, it was mm -hmm. taking shots at us and, you know, in tradition yeah. and history and history. And it was, it was bad history and it was heresy. A lot of it. Mm -hmm. Were you so the first I, AOL instant messenger uh, no. apologist? Was that what you were doing? I'm just kidding. I would jump in those chat rooms and I was like, I was like all apologetics. I'm like, I'm going to like, I had like the scripture sure. is like my sword of truth. You know, I'm like, I'm like mm. set people right. And, uh, and after doing that and getting in some, you know, so a lot of really heated arguments with people like online, I was sitting there one night and I was reading scripture and I was going to, I was going to go, you know, go, go take the scripture out and go after this person. I really felt like in my heart, like, Mark, what are you doing? And, mm. I prayed and I really realized like I had gotten to that angry Catholic place, you know what I mean? Where I was just yeah. a sort of truth and I'm right. It was just very, um, to be honest, mm -hmm. it was very prideful. Um, and mm -hmm. it was, while, while the intention was pure, the delivery was really off. And yeah. I, I really, I, I wept that night and I really repented and I went to confession, which is mm -hmm. like, I'm so sorry. Like, I'm like, I'm losing my joy and I'm losing my, I'm losing yeah. my, like, like my, my charity and this is not okay. Mm -hmm. And, and it was funny, it was, but I was convicted about that when I was reading the Psalms. And I was like, wow, like it, what God has intended is not what I'm doing. So I completely changed, like I will say like my strategy in terms of like, you know, online and ministry, that kind of a thing. Uh, but I just mm -hmm. really fell in love with it. And it was crazy. The more you read scripture, the more you'll want to read it. You know, and I was telling yeah. people like, it's, it's funny how it works. Like, you know, I, I didn't set out to like, I'm going to read scripture this long every day, but just <laughs> like the, but the more that you put your heart into the word, the more the word comes alive in your heart and the more the, and all of a sudden I found myself just desiring it. Like I couldn't read, That's it. A good I couldn't word. stop yeah. reading it. I, I mm -hmm. would wake up and it was like, I just wanted to read, you know what I mean? Beyond mm -hmm. daily. It's like, I would, if I had free time sitting, you know, in a doctor's office waiting for it, you know, I would like open an app on my phone. I just start reading scripture. I wouldn't be checking sports. Like it was just the weirdest thing happened. Like that's all yeah. I want to consume. It says, it says in Jeremiah 15, you know, like when I found your words, they, you know, they, they, they consumed me. I became, they became the joy mm -hmm. and the happiness of my heart, you know? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And, um, it was just, it was so tangible. And I, so mm -hmm. I, I just, I loved it. I fell in love with it. And then I was really fortunate over the years, just in travel and speaking and projects to, to make friends with, with, with spiritual mentors, people who are able to kind of, um, you know, mentor me, tutor me, kind of send me to the right sure. resources, you know, and, and, uh, just, you know, prolific Catholic authors and speakers and people like that who really to kind of helped me mm -hmm. on my journey, you know, and then, and I just, it became such a passion. I was working with people like Ascension Press and before you know it, it was just, I was getting to do what I knew, like in video production and writing, but to, to share what I loved. And that was, you know, scripture and with teenagers, you know, and mm -hmm. with all ages. And, uh, it was, it's been a great, it's been a wild journey, you know, getting, getting to do that yeah. and getting to share the gospel. I mean, what a privilege, like what you're doing, like what a privilege mm -hmm. it is at this moment in salvation history yes. to get to share the gospel, you know, and yes, the days are mm -hmm. long and yeah, it's, 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 there's not enough labors in the vineyard and your back's going to hurt and it's going to be sweaty mm -hmm. and you're sunburned and, but what a privilege it is, you know? And yeah. I, so I just, I kind of pray this, that old Irish prayer. It's like, Lord, give me life until my work <laughs> is over and work until my life is done. You know what I mean? Like, it's just a, it's just a, yeah. it's a really joyous labor, you know? I, I, yeah, I, it I, is. I could, I could talk about the Bible all day long. Well, yeah, yeah. Well, it's the, and it's the best life because like when we, when we begin reading in scripture, we begin seeing people like you and me, right? Like, like God hasn't like chosen over the course of time, the, the perfect ones that have always gotten it and have always understood uh, all the truths and haven't always lived in the most upright of ways. He's chosen the people that he's chosen and to be chosen in this season of the church is to your point, such a gift because I, like when, when's a better time to have ever existed? Like we're in the time in the church, um, where, you know, the early church, you, you have to go and bring conversion to the world, but the world 
hasn't ever heard the good news before. And now we're in a world that's heard the good news and partially rejected it. And so it's like, well, that that's time to get out there. That's time to start doing this thing. That's time to start and getting back into scripture and bringing the truths of it alive. And that's the glorious part about scripture. Like you said, cause you can see yourself. Like if you, if mm-hmm. you read about the fall and you see the, the fruit juice running down their faces and you don't see yeah. yourself in Adam or Eve, you're not looking deep enough. Right. And like mm-hmm. Kierkegaard said, scripture speaks to me, but scripture speaks mm-hmm. about me, you know, like, like we should be able yeah. to see ourselves in mm-hmm. every flawed, sinful character on every single page. And, mm-hmm. it's, and it's just an invitation to the interior life It's an invitation yeah. to see where we are in relation to God and what God's doing in our life at any given moment. Yeah, that's so good. It's funny that you brought up the fall because I was, I was thinking, um, about a, an interaction that I had with a, a young person just, a, just a few weeks ago. And I, I speak a lot whenever I, I'm traveling and, and giving talks and things like that on the fall. And, and one of the things I often talk about is the, uh, just the idea that the serpent, the fundamental temptation of the serpent is to try to convince Adam and Eve to earn something that was given freely, right? Mm-hmm. That it, like, sh- surely you will not die, but your eyes will be open and you will be made like God. But if we look back at Genesis one, it already says that we were made in the image and likeness of God. So here earn something that the Lord wants to give freely. And I, I do see that in the young church sometimes like to, to earn um, community, uh, you know, to earn friendships, to, to do these things that the church by her nature is, is giving freely, you know? And I, I think that that's, that's one of the, the greatest passions I've found in youth ministry is giving people like that young person I was speaking to, um, a home or a place to, mm-hmm. to see that exactly as they are and exactly as they can be. Isn't that funny? Kind of at the same time, we have to love people as they are and as they can be. Mm-hmm. And, and that's that, that's that beautiful uh, here now and not yet that we see, um, in the pursuit of sainthood. Is, is there a, um, is, is there, when you think about the last 20 years, is there, uh, a, a work that you've done? I looked at a number of the the books and kind of looked through some of your outlines. I, I, there was a book that you wrote on the divine encounter about Eucharistic adoration that caught my eye because, um, that that's, um, such a passion of mine, but over the last 20 years, is there a, a part of your ministry that, um, that looking back on, uh, you would say captured, uh, I guess your heart and then brought you into thinking, you know what, I'm going to do this for the rest of my life. So maybe a moment we talked about kind of how you got into life team, but was there a moment after you were with life team where it was like, Lord, this is what I'm doing for the foreseeable future. I I can't see another way. You know what? I, gosh, that's a great question. I, I wouldn't say one, it's there, sure. there are probably too many to, I think, I think what the Lord does for me, like, you know, people talk about their conversion all the time. Like, and that's always like this yeah. Hollywood esque song. Yeah. Like the ball, axe nine. Yeah. You know, yeah. Damascus, you know, um, <laughs> I, I don't, I don't think conversion works that way. At least it doesn't for mm. my, like conversion is a daily thing. Sure. For me. Like I've, 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 yeah, I've, I've every day is like, I mean, I've been through a million conversions, you know, and mm-hmm. I think what, what, what the Lord does for me is he sends me confirmations, you know, um, he'll mm. like, he'll give me moments. He'll give me moments where I get glimpses of, of watching a young person's life be transformed through encounter or, or I'll, I'll be in an event and someone will come up after and, and we'll, after a talk, for instance, and we'll share something, you know, and, and it's just these, these, like these moments where he just gives me his confirmations. Cause you know, ministry's hard. Yeah. You know, the days are, yeah, the days are long, man. And it's, and mm-hmm. it's, it's hard financially and it's hard physically. And it's definitely hard spiritually. I mean, you know, it's just a lot of, a lot of travel and a lot of different time zones and yeah. a lot of different things you can't control. And there's spiritual attack that comes in. Like it's really mm-hmm. hard. And, um, and I think the Lord in his mercy 
you know, he'll, he'll send you those moments. If you have the eyes to see, you know, in the years to hear, he'll send you those people to send you those moments that give you strength Mm -hmm. for the journey and that kind of gets you through the day, you know? And because you know, you know who you're doing it for. Um, Mm -hmm. But you know, the, you can do it for the bride of Christ, for the church, but you know what? The bride, wakes up with morning mm-hmm. breath. You know what I mean? The bride's got, you know, sheet marks and, you know, and like you know, eye crusties and, you know, it's, yeah. the bride doesn't always look, doesn't always look beautiful. You <laughs> yeah, know what I mean? yeah, yeah. Um, right. Cause the, cause the church is, is divine. Yes. But she's also human and, and mm-hmm. it can be tricky to love people, especially in the church. Uh, really mm-hmm. tricky to love people sometimes. So um, I think with the Lord, more than giving me like that one moment, just gives me reminders, you know, yeah. just reminders, you know what I mean? Just to, yeah. uh, just that, that, you know, he's, he's made sinners, he's made saints out of far worse sinners than me. Um, mm-hmm. but he's made saints out of sinners like me, you know, and yeah. that's just, that's yeah. the, that's the challenge every day, right? I'm going to wake up and I'm it gonna is. try to love better than I did yesterday. Yeah. I love that answer because you're, you're right. Like if, if we're not allowing the Lord to accompany us throughout, um, I, we're, we're almost missing the point of ministry in general, right? Like, cause what I'm, what I'm bringing to the people that the Lord's entrusting under my care at any given moment is I'm bringing them the realization that God is intimately involved in their lives. And if I'm not realizing that he's intimately involved in mine, then right. how, how can I, how can I walk that out with people? So I, I love that idea of like daily conversion and, um, mm-hmm. and of just those reminders. Cause the Lord is constantly, yeah, just bringing, bringing up different things that give us confirmation that we're in his will and doing what we're called to do. Is there, um, is there, I, I, I recognize that, uh, one of the, the big things that you've been in over the last number of years is uh, T3, the teen timeline. And I saw that it was working off of, uh, the great adventure Bible timeline, right. Mm-hmm. That Jeff Cavins had put together. Yeah. Um, when you, when you think about the, the timeline and things like that, it's funny. Cause we're talking about the timeline of our lives and how God shows up all the time. Right. But of course, over salvation history, he showed up time and time again. Can you speak a little bit to your passion on that? So anyone listening could see what you're doing there. Yeah. So, so I first did uh, the teen timeline, oh gosh, probably 20 years ago. And, um, really? Okay. Yeah. Yeah, This is new to me. We just did a few iterations off of that. We did the original one. And again, I I met Jeff uh, many, many years ago. He's he's a dear friend. And uh, I I went up to him after a presentation and said, Hey, it's so funny. I said, I've been adapting. This is when I was a youth minister with the parish. I said, I've been Mm -hmm. adapting your timeline of doing it with my teenagers and confirmation. He looked at me like, you're doing this with confirmation kids. I'm like, yeah, he's like, I'd love to see what you're doing. So we exchanged huh. information. I showed him, he was so blown away. He was so excited that Ascension press called me and I said, would you want to do one? So I, I did the original, yeah. we did some offshoots and actually just uh, a year and a half ago, we just, just did a brand new reboot called venture, which is the brand okay. new team timeline, uh, which I'm got super it. excited about. Yeah, uh, and yeah. I got, and I got, and I, and cause you know, cause obviously technology changes so much, you know, we were able to bring in hmm. uh, just amazing graphics. I mean, um, Barrett is Catholic. He's such a talented artist. Um, like he, he, he did like original graphics for all of it. Uh, I, I was able Beautiful. to bring in um, special, like other guests who came in, uh, like my friend mm-hmm. Chica, um, like Deacon Dr. Bob Rice, Dr. Andy Swaffer, like all those other people that I've known <laughs> in the world that brought sure. them in. Um, we shot a lot of this stuff during COVID. It was crazy. And, uh, and so we came mm-hmm. out with a brand new teen timeline called Venture. And actually right now, I just just got back. I finished shooting a new middle school version uh, of it called Great. Encounter, which, uh, and I'm right now in the middle of work, working on the workbooks. So that, those are going to be coming out with Ascension Press in the spring of 24, which I'm super excited about. So yeah. um, taking advantage of all these amazingly talented people in the church, from presenters mm-hmm. to speakers, to producers, to designers, and being able to bring all these collective minds in to create something yeah. like, I'm really excited, something that's never been done before. And it's really just visually 
really super engaging mind, heart, spirit of, you know, for middle schoolers and high schoolers. So I, uh, I'm so thankful. Like the Ascension just turns out great stuff. Like that the new, yeah, they're the phenomenal programs. What they're putting out is just, is incredible. And, and I, I love to say is, I know sometimes people get worried. Well, it's a publisher that's trying to make money. The people who I work with and who I've gotten to work mm -hmm. with and gotten to know who work behind the scenes and work just so diligently are such genuinely talented and genuinely holy people, you know, and there's, yeah, they love the Lord. there's just great people um, that, that, that they're aligning themselves with to put out incredible product. Yeah, that's great. So, so 20 years ago to what a year and a half ago, and now coming up in the spring of 24, a continuation of it, praise the Lord for giving you a 20 year timeline, just in the way that he's given the church, you know, <laughs> thousands of years of timeline. Um, it, it's, it's honestly such an honor to, to speak with you today, Mark. I I'm, uh, I'm really, I'm really inspired by your life and by your yes, really grateful for the ways that the Lord's worked. Um, and, and through that really, uh, we at Damascus have been so fortunate, um, to have had life team go before us and, and to learn so many things, um, by the yes that you've given and that the team over there has given. And, um, I think, uh, maybe as a, uh, a lighter hearted note at the, at the very end. I, uh, I saw that earlier this year, a book came out on, uh, ask the Bible geek. And I saw that you had some fascinating answers to intriguing questions. And I wonder if there's a, uh, a favorite question of yours, uh, from that book, or maybe a favorite answer of yours from the book. Oh gosh, that's, I wrote that a long time ago. Um, <laughs> I wouldn't say, I wouldn't say one. I just, you know, it's, you know, I, 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 one of my favorite entries in that is, it's, we always talk about how we're supposed to be childlike, right? We're sure. To be childlike. We hear Mark 10 yeah. and we're supposed to be like young children. Mm -hmm. Um, in writing that, I, I, the entry changed to, uh, I'm really not childlike. I'm childish. I'm, are you, and so I, I threw a reflection there. Are you a child of God or a brat of God? And mm -hmm. truthfully, I'm a brat of God most days. Um, mm -hmm. you know, like children listen, you know, brats just plant their feet, you know, uh, children mm -hmm. seek, seek their mom and dad, you know, brats wait mm -hmm. to be called. Um, mm -hmm. and we really go through it through a, a reflection. I think if most of us are being honest, most of us, mm -hmm. um, most of us are brats of God, right? You know, like we, we want things our way. We want it now. Uh, we complain yeah. when it doesn't go our way. Uh, we can throw mm -hmm. a little temper tantrums, whether externally or internally, right? We have our little fits. And I think that, um, it's, you know, it's, it's one of the, one of the quickest teachings in the gospel of Mark, but it's one of the most profound teachings from Jesus when he takes the child and he puts him in the middle of all the apostles and says, this is how you are to be, you know, um, yeah. children, you know, they, they're, they're dependent. Mm -hmm. you know, and you know, the, the whole first half of the Lord's prayer is talking about our dependence on God. And, yeah. but yet something happens. There's, there's that moment, um, you know, when you're a child, like you always hold your parents hand, like in a parking lot, right. You know, you mm -hmm. always hold their hand, mm -hmm. but then you get to a certain age, you know, and the other day, like my nine-year-old would get out of the car and I kind of went down to help him hold his hand. And he just, he didn't, he was looking at me like, I'm a man, you know, like I'm nine. <laughs> and he looked at me, I'm just kind of like, you little brat. I'm like, Oh man, yeah. there's that age we get to where we stop reaching for mom and dad's hand. And mm. I think, I think deep in the, in the sacred heart of Jesus, I think deep in the Lord's heart, I think he desires us to always have that hand outstretched to him, you know, like where we're, yeah. where we're always, even as we get older, we're always going to him as a child, you know? Mm -hmm. And I think it's, it's a really, you know, people, you know, it's, I like to laugh and I like to screw around and have fun. And, and people mm -hmm. oftentimes will mistake, you know, laughter for, um, foolishness, you know what I mean? Where, yeah. where, but it says in Psalms too, that God laughs, you know, it says, you know, it mm -hmm. says the joy of the Lord will be my strength. I mean, I, I think if you find a Christian who is not joyful, um, yeah. to me, they're not, a, that's not a Christian, like joy. Mm -hmm. should be, it doesn't mean you can't go through seasons of suffering and, and hardship, sure, sure. but joy is the calling card for a Christian, you know, for a yeah. true Christian. And it's a, it's a fruit of the spirit. So I just think that 
oftentimes, sadly, in the church, humor and joy get rejected as that's just silly and it's not intellectual. When in mm-hmm. fact, I'd say that 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 laughter and joy are our sixth sense. You know what I mean? And they actually are proof of of Christ indwelling in us. You know yeah. that that really a truly if you see a person who's truly holy, they're also going to be truly mm-hmm. joyful. Yeah, amen to that. That's great, Mark. I think that's a that's a good way to to wrap it up, right? That um, in order to uh, in order to serve the youth of the church, to serve the church with our lives, we have to take ourselves a little less seriously, maybe, amen. and to get back amen. to that innocence, into that uh, dependence. But um, yeah, phenomenal to meet you, Mark. I'm you so too, grateful brother. for thanks. the thanks. the time thanks today, and um, for all of you listening, this has been Beyond Damascus, the show where encounter meets mission, and we've had a, a special guest this episode, Mark Hart the executive vice president of Life Teen International. We're so grateful to have him here. Check out any of his resources. You can find it um, anywhere that you uh, search uh, Amazon, Google, all the things, which he and I were laughing at beforehand that we say that nowadays because there's so many options. But um, yeah, uh, again, thank you, Mark. And, uh, and God bless you. Thank you, brother. Have a great day. Peace.